Welp, it was over before it began. Yesterday, a six-week trial. It was expected to be six weeks. Um, the trial in the lawsuit between uh, Dominion Voting Systems and Fox News. Dominion suing Fox News for spreading um, false election misinformation after Donald Trump lost the 2020 uh, election to Joe Biden. Um, You probably saw it spill over to your social media feeds. Um, All these uh, stolen election theories uh, that uh, have been going around uh, centering around, um, not the least of which would be the Dominion voting machines and the Smartmatic voting machines, who uh, they also have a lawsuit uh, against Fox News pending. And pretty much the gist of this uh, lawsuit is that Fox News, um, for a number of months after the election, were telling everybody that the voting machines were rigged or were hacked and that Donald Trump was, in fact, the rightful winner of the 2020. 20 election and election fraud was a seed of doubt that Donald Trump uh, he planted uh, the summer before the election before a vote was was even cast um, he started talking about how the election will be stolen I wonder uh, what what his explanation would have been if he actually won um, and, and you know he did did a lot of tricky things not the least of which is putting in place his own postmaster general to make sure that the post office would have trouble handling the influx of mail-in ballots that it was going to be receiving due to COVID. So um, Dominion and Fox, they settled out of court before it happened. Uh, Dominion was uh, originally suing them for $1.6 billion. They uh, settled for just a little bit under half of that, uh, $787 million. Fox News and Dominion settled for out of court. Fox News paying Dominion. And uh, you wonder if this is an omission of guilt by Fox News. Fox News uh, uh, has come out and and admitted that they did perpetrate things that um, they knew were not to be true. There were a lot of emails released um, between some of Fox News' biggest personalities like Tucker Carlson uh, Maria Bartomoromo, I always messed her name up. I, I apologize, Maria. Uh, Maria B. is what we will call her. Uh, all of them saying that uh, they did not believe um, the stuff that uh, Trump lawyer Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, the two most vocal critics of these voting systems and the two loudest voices in the wilderness, um, talking about how these machines are flawed and uh, that they put... Uh, the election integrity in jeopardy. And, you know, I would say, for, number one, I think it's what, what this shows, because once upon a time, a quote-unquote news organization who <laughs> admitted to willfully lying and stretching the truth, that'd be the end of the news organization. But what this goes to show you is the Fox News channel is not a news organization. It's an echo chamber. And I, I think another reason that they settled out of court. Number one, um, news organizations, they have a lot of leeway. Uh, I guess it has to be proven that uh, that the news entity had actual malice and was trying to um, deliberately hurt the aggrieved party. Um, but it, it, it was pretty well known that uh, Fox News was actually making things up 
And uh, I, I think they set out on a court, number one, because they knew they were wrong. Uh, number two, they probably didn't expect uh, Dominion uh, to take this thing all the way to trial. And when they did, they, they folded like a deck of cards. But could you imagine? I mean, this would have been a television spectacle. Uh, you have Tucker Carlson. You have Sean Hannity. You have Laura Ingram up on the stand and they can't they can't use any of their their tricks or their tactics because they're under oath and they could perjure themselves. Now, I, I think what would have ended up happening is I, I think Tucker Carlson would have been slippery on the stand. He would have been accused of perjury. Um, someone might even press charges against him, and then he would use it on his show to act like uh, he, he's oppressed and, and that he's this hero martyr uh, type figure like Donald Trump being being persecuted for telling the truth. And he would have made hay out of it, and it would have actually been good for Tucker Carlson's, um, Tucker Carlson's uh, ratings and, 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 and his image. I'm act- and, and I'm actually surprised uh, that Fox News was uh, that concerned about their image here because I think that their voters or, or their viewers, part, uh, pardon me, uh, would have forgiven the fact that they might have uh, made up uh, a story or two here, embellished another story or two there, because what Fox News does is it validates their opinion and it validates their worldview, and a lot of times it tells people what to think and then it validates that thinking. So that is an emotional connection that, that's, that's very powerful. And yes, I know CNN does it too. However, Fox News leans way more right than CNN does lean left. I mean, CNN does lean left, but nowhere near as far right as, as Fox News leans. And, uh, I mean, in the past, Fox News has been sued for libel. They have been sued for slander. And essentially, what their uh, lawyers have said in a court of law, that uh, Fox News is actually not a news organization. And uh, one of the the slander lawsuits was against Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson is not to be believed. Tucker Carlson is an entertainer. And I think that's kind of how they get around these things. Now, number one, I watched this uh, this uh, Wall Street Journal explainer of this uh, of this whole mess. I mean, uh, we're pulling cuts for guys show. I, I had a pretty good grasp on it, but um, you know, they showed both examples of of uh, Fox News uh, um, personalities like Tucker Carlson or or Maria B. Uh, time stamped emails and text messages. Um, of them talking to producers or other people saying that they didn't believe Sidney Powell or they knew what was going on with the voting machines was BS. And then they would show airings of shows later on of them uh, giving people like Sidney Powell or Rudy Giuliani or, or Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, a platform to peddle this misinformation. And I think the way they kind of got around it for years is that there were a couple of clips. There was one clip of Tucker Carlson where he said he asked Ms. Powell for some proof of, of her um, allegations against Dominion, and she did not produce them. But I have a feeling he spent a lot less time on that uh, than he did actually interviewing Ms. Powell, interviewing Rudy, interviewing uh, Mike Lindell. And, by the way, um, Sean Hannity, he's a commentary show. So is Tucker. So is uh, uh, Laura Ingram. So is everyone else 
um, in that primetime lineup. So I think they get away, get around that by saying we're a commentary show. But I, I think what that does, that gives you cover to um, state your opinion. But I think, don't think that that gives you cover um, to deliberately and intentionally mislead people just to – my guess is uh, just to keep viewers and eyeballs um, on your product because um, in other lawsuits against Fox News, you know, used to think they were just pushing a completely pro-Trump agenda because they love Donald Trump. No, they were, po- they were, they were pushing this pro-Trump agenda because it was good for business. There's a lot of people at that at that uh, news organization, uh, according to um, emails and texts made in discovery of this lawsuit and and others who can't who can't stand Donald Trump. But the thing is, they know their viewers. They know where their loyalties lie. They know if they they knew that if they veered off anything other than Donald Trump and the mega narrative, their viewers would go off to something even more fringe, like uh, like Newsmax or or OAN. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Smartmatic uh, lawsuit. It's almost identical to this one, except um, they're asking for like $2.7 billion. And I think the fact that Fox News has been called out um, for pretty much watching the world burn or at least lighting the match um, that, that, that started the fire with all apologies to Billy Joel. Um, I, I think that they're being, them being held accountable for this is good for democracy. Because spreading lies and undermining faith in democracy, democracy for ratings and revenue is not good for anyone other than the Murdochs and their employees. Great news for DeMar Hamlin. Of course, we remember him as the uh, football player who took a weird hit to the chest on Monday Night Football. Um, he plays for the Bills. The game was against the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, he collapsed on the field, and he went into cardiac arrest, and uh, he made a, a miraculous recovery. Such a miraculous recovery that he has actually been medically cleared to, to play football again. And, and I'm going to use the word miraculous for, for this recovery because um, I remember watching it. My wife and I were watching it live. Well, I was watching it, and she was on her phone. As as kind of what happens when I'm when I'm watching something that uh, only I'm interested in, she's not interested in it. Uh, but uh, I remember, I remember exactly uh, what happened in our living room. She looked up from her phone and said, "Hey, why did that man fall down again?" And uh, so I, I I rewinded the uh, the DVR and I saw the play. It was a routine tackle on uh, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. DeMar Hamlin popped right up, and then he fell right down. And uh, I just thought he was messing around or trash-talking or doing some kind of weird celebration until they cut to commercial. And when they came back from commercial, uh, there was a bunch of grown men with superhuman strength sitting around in tears. And... uh, for the next hour or so, the commentators were um, hinting something bad happened. And, and, and to me, it sounded like they were hinting um, at, the, at the fact that DeMar Hamlin had, had died. It, it, and, and he did for a minute or two. And then obviously we know the rest of the story. Um, amazing work by the trainers and medical staff um, on the field. 
and then the folks in the Cincinnati hospital um, that worked on him to bring him back to li- uh, bring him back to, to life and to health. Um, and, and that, that work was continued back in, uh, Buffalo when he went home. And this is, this is great news for DeMar. I mean, I, me personally, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little bit concerned that, uh, something like this could happen again. But the medical thinking was that this was just a complete freak accident. He was hit at the exact right spot, the exact right angle at the exact right time um, in his, you know, his, his heart cycle, so to speak. Um, But look, if I'm, if I'm T Higgins, one of T Higgins loved ones, I'm worried, but, and and they probably have to make peace with the fact that lightning is probably not going to strike twice, but it could strike twice. And who knows, maybe there's some kind of underlying medical condition that they missed that, that can make this, uh, this happen again. Um, and, and I think what's going to happen is um, he is going to get a standing ovation in both uh, Orchard Park and, and, and really every every field that he steps on for the next season or two. Uh, because we, we literally watched a man die on, on live TV, and he came back, and uh, he's back to full strength, essentially. As if, uh, as if nothing happened, and there's so much good that came out of that. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's almost like the opposite of Ghostbusters too, where everyone's bad will made that slime, and then everybody's goodwill, um, you know, defeated the slime and Vigo the Carpathian. That's kind of what happened here. Um, you know, there, there's everyone from all over the league was thinking about the dude, was praying for the dude. Uh, we we found his GoFundMe from back when he was in college, and people donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to it. Something that started off as a two thousand dollar goal back before he was making NFL money. Um, but the first time he takes a hit, or the first time he is um, slow to get up off the ground. Um, there's going to be a lot of people holding their breath, hoping for another sigh of relief when he gets up and 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 goes back to uh, the routine business of uh, playing an NFL football game. Uh, of course, I rambled, and uh, I didn't leave myself enough time to talk about everything I wanted to talk about on, on today's project. So uh, I, I guess since I started the show kind of putting uh, Fox News, a conservative news organization, uh, over my knee and giving them a, a, a spanking. Not quite the spanking they got from Dominion in court, but but still, I came down hard on them, justifiably. I guess we'll talk about uh, media entities on the other side of the spectrum. Uh, this week, both National Public Radio and CBC, I believe that stands for the Canadian Broadcast Company, um, they have pulled their accounts off Twitter. And they pulled their accounts off Twitter because uh, Elon Musk and uh, whoever the hell's still working for him over at Twitter, I think uh, he did a interview with Tucker Carlson, which, um, judging by my uh, first segment here, um, t- you, you take with a grain of salt. But I happen to believe him uh, <laughs> because it doesn't really make him look good. Uh, according to Elon Musk, he has laid off Thousands of people, the the majority of his workforce at Twitter. Uh, but whoever the hell's still working for Elon Musk over there uh, has labeled National Public Radio 
as state-affiliated media and CBC as state-sponsored media. And so uh, they both took offense to this, and they took their accounts off Twitter, which I I can understand how they'd be upset about that, obviously, especially NPR, state-affiliated media. Uh, CBC, not so much, I mean, because they are state-funded. They're publicly funded. Uh, I don't know if they're like PBS, where they're also funded by viewers like you and underwriting. But they do get their funding from the government, at least part of it, and so does NPR. Um, So the CBC tag, to me, um, it might be a little needle in the eye from Elon Musk, but that part doesn't bother me because it's it's accurate. Um, The NPR state-affiliated media, I think, was a little more heavy-handed. I think that if if NPR was labeled state-funded media... It's no big deal, even though I think NPR said that uh, they only get 1% of their funding from uh, from the government. Um, you know, I, I still would have no problem with it because it's because it's a fact. It's a statement of fact, like it is your birthday. Um, but I think it's a mistake for them to pull their accounts off Twitter for a number of reasons. Number one, um, you're taking your content off one of the biggest content distribution platforms out there. And I know that it might be kind of embarrassing when you see state affiliated media uh, next to your bio on Twitter. Um, next to your, if they still do a blue check mark, I don't think so because you just pay for a blue check mark now. They mean nothing. Uh, but there's still a lot of, of, of NPR fans and listeners on Twitter who know that Elon Musk is doing nothing other than trying to stick a a, uh, a a fork in their eye and just get under their skin. There's still millions of people out there who listen to NPR and find NPR to be a credible news source that, that don't care about what Elon Musk has put next to their bio on Twitter. So I think what they're doing is, uh, what's that old saying, cutting off their nose to spite their face? Yeah, you know what? It might be BS that uh, that uh, um, Twitter put that next to their bio um, on their profile page, but essentially what you're doing is you're you're taking away easy access to millions of people who want to consume your content, and of course they can go other places. But in the content game, what you want to do is you want to make your stuff as accessible to as many people as you can. If you could literally hire a group of people to go out, grab people's cell phones, navigate to uh, your your podcasts on Spotify or Apple Music, and push play, you would do that. But but you can't, so you try to make it as available as you can. Hell, if I were NPR, I'd put it up on Rumble and Parler. I mean, who cares? People, You'll get anger clicks. You'll get rage clicks. You'll still get clicks. You'll still get views. And I think the fact that um, you pick up your ball and you go home is is, is really letting the trolls win. And, and let's be honest. I mean, um, Elon Musk. Um, he he's kind you know he's he's kind of using his new role as owner of Twitter to troll a lot of people and own the libs. But you can't get owned unless you let yourself get owned. And I think that taking your profile and your content off Twitter, which is 
one of the top three biggest social media platforms and probably up there as well as a content distribution platform, taking that off, taking your stuff off something like that because you're upset with what was written next to your bio, that's kind of a self-own and that's uh, that, that's kind of letting the trolls win. 